Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzafree. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. Exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me as always, my good friend and co-host, Eric Branson. Eric, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Also joining us this week, good friend of the podcast, here maybe more than he should be, Ryan Stiskel. Ryan, how you doing? Good. I'm starting to feel like that one cousin that nobody likes but always shows up. <laughs> I was starting to worry we're a bad influence on you, so it's a... yeah, <laughs> it could be. It could so be. it's it's a, a mutually parasitic relationship. Yeah, <laughs> those are the best relationships. Those are the I best ones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it works for Venom. <laughs> right. Right. So, so how are things going with you guys? Oh, uh, it's been it's been okay. I've been uh, realizing this week that I'm really super old and. Um, had uh, an eye doctor appointment for the first time ever, and turns out I need reading glasses, which my God makes me feel like a, you know, an old man. Um, she actually is giving me a prescription for glasses she wants me to wear more often than that. I'm still kind of tossing around in my head whether I want to go forward with that or not because it's not a severe like ish- vision issue. But uh, man, I got a physical at the doctor as well and got some like. Not like anything like severely wrong with me, but it's the first time it hasn't come back like no problems. Like so, it's kind of like ah, god damn it. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. is happening to me? <laughs> yeah, I. So Wasting it's funny you mentioned that. I actually just made my first ever eye doctor appointment. Oh man. Well, I don't see? know if I should say first ever. When I was in grad school, I started noticing my eyes were getting a little strained, and I went to an eye doctor, and they just said, "Oh yeah, you know." You're looking through a microscope a lot. You're probably in a little bit of strain, and they prescribed like a half a prescription. It was like yeah. pretty much I could have just gone to Walgreens probably and got some cheaters off the rack. But I yeah, I've got my eye doctor appointment coming up next week, and oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I think You're it was right like a couple me, so. couple years ago <laughs> I started getting the physicals where like oh you need to look at your cholesterol. Oh, and you need to That's lower exactly it. exactly what so. they said to me. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I had to lower my this cholesterol. Is, this is for real. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Anyway. Yet I'm still doing a fucking podcast talking about movies. So, Ryan, you have all this to look forward to. In yeah. the um, I mean, uh, your body gets older, I, your brain, however. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm turning 30 next week, so it's it's all downhill from what you guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I feel like 35 yeah. was, the, was uh, like nothing. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it just yeah. all of a sudden 
everything like a steep d- nosedive at 35. It's, 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 a, it's a ticking time bomb, Ryan. But I will and, say... Uh, it's uh, a thankless I do... ticking time bomb. <laughs> Thank you for that. I see. It, it, for me, it's just been the existential dread of like, am I caught where I, up where I need to be in life right now? Probably not, because I'm on this podcast. Hey, I, yeah. I still feel that way. This is a feeling, highlight. This is a I highlight. I feel like I'm, I'm going to be in the that. process of dying and still feel that way. So anyway, it's... Uh... <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because there's a name for it now in a way, which is like imposter syndrome, right? Uh, this, this, yeah. the, part, the big part of it is like, you know, you, the feeling that, you know, you're kind of forced gumping your way through life and like shit just seems to work out, you know? <laughs> I really have no idea what I'm doing. But, but a, a big part of that also is extending into the whole like, Am I mentally where I'm supposed to be? Because I don't feel like this. Like does it? I'm 37, and there's no way I feel like I'm 37. I have to remind myself yeah. that regularly. Like, dude, you're not 20. It gets weird, like especially when the stuff like we were talking about doctors' appointments and and by the way, we become like the audio equivalent of old men sitting on a park bench and griping. We usually do like our weather griping, and then we do our you know. And now we're here and like you know doing our health and (laughs) like uh anyway but yeah you have to kind of remind yourself that you're you are the age you are because i don't i don't feel like i when i wake up in the morning or whatever it might be (laughs) a little harder to get out of bed or a little sore than i used to be but i don't ever feel like i'm different in any way than i did when i was 18 years old you know there's yeah there's identity which is crazy yeah but yeah, it is kind of nuts. I mean, when you look back, of course you feel a lot different. Like, you don't do the stupid shit you did when you were 18 years old, but... Right, <laughs> it's like, right, right. Yeah. I mean, as you get so. older, you know, your face... I noticed your face changes, and uh, <laughs> speaking of changing faces... Nice segue. <laughs> I'm Very getting us good. on track. I like it, I yeah. like it. That's right. This week we're going to be doing a... Uh, actually, this week and next week we're going to be doing a Forgotten Franchise series. Yeah, and that's um, the shows that we do, and if, if it's not self-explanatory, but of a movie that um, spawned one or many sequels, um, some of which kind of exist in the straight-to-video realm, um, especially in this the case of the movie we're talking about tonight. Um, but yeah, so, so a franchise of films that is kind of, you know, it's not the big... Um, not something that's not having a big resurgence at the moment. The people kind of have forgotten that maybe it had a bunch of sequels. Right, right. And I guess before we introduce what it is, uh, what you guys drinking? Ah, right. We forgot to do this last week, by the way. Yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, well, I'm drinking half a Schlitz because the other half went on the table. <laughs> Which is weird because my beard did... Before we started recording, but we were all on Skype, uh, yeah, it... Ryan and I both spilled beers um, simultaneously. Simultaneously, yeah. and we're not in the Kinda same crazy. room. We're in different cities no. entirely. Yeah, right. Eric, what you uh, what you got there? Um, I am drinking a Brogelbach, which is the um, Aldi off-brand or knockoff of a Shinerbach, and they even kind of have the same um, looking label. <laughs> it's not a goat; yeah. it's like a deer with big horns on it. But anyway, it, it's fine. It, it's it's essentially tastes like a shiner box so um which yeah is, their their stuff's actually pretty good it's not yeah, terrible I, I don't i definitely it's a it's like an old faithful you know like you something you can go back to <laughs> <laughs> um not this one specifically the shiner but it tastes enough like yeah. it to get the job done so i am enjoying a uh, yingling black and tan nice so. Porter and premium beer it's actually not bad um I, I just recently started sampling the yingling stuff because 
you can't get it in Wisconsin. So having family and friends in places where they do get it, we've been acquiring Yingling. And uh, yeah, so I'm kind of trying to see what the big fuss is about. Their black and tan's actually pretty good. But I noticed that two of us are drinking dark beers, and that's really appropriate. Uh, oh, yes. I'll be drinking my dark beer later on, guaranteed. Okay, so we all have dark beer, and there's a reason yeah. for that, because what we're going to be discussing, actually, is um, so a forgotten franchise of a superhero franchise, but before that was a thing, right? Before those were, were really big the way they are today, so this is yes. way before. Uh, and we're going to be discussing... Um, the 1990 Sam Raimi film Darkman. Who? No foolish heroics, if you please. Is. Darkman. They destroyed everything he had. All that he loved. Everything that he was. Now. Crime has a new enemy. And justice has a brand new face. I was afraid that you wouldn't want me anymore. Of course I still want you. The good news is that I know who's behind our little troubles of late. Finish it. He has the power to look like any man. They still are both sons of witches! But he is unlike any man. I gotta tell you something about me. He's a cockroach. You think you're killing? And he pops up someplace else. In the darkest hour. Julie, who's the real monster here? There's a light that shines on every human being. But one. From director Sam Raimi. Dark Man. So. Cue music. Um, how many of you actually uh, remember? Do either of you remember this? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Yes, I, I absolutely do too. Uh, I'm. Go ahead, Ryan. Tell us your your story. You oh, can lead us. I was off. just gonna. Yeah. Uh, well, it's one of those things where uh, I came across it on like I think Sci Fi Channel or some shit. Like I, it was definitely like ten, twelve range somewhere between there, and uh, they always played the the sequels constantly on Sci Fi <laughs> around that time. Uh, but yeah, that's how I found out about this. Um, oh, I really? Say, huh. It really throws you off when you're not used to a Sam Raimi film at that point. And I wasn't, but <laughs> yeah, it well, suck. I never forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Yeah. yeah, mine. This is one of those that goes straight back to um, probably the time it was released on video. I remember this poster being in our small yeah. town video store, and I probably didn't see the movie right away. It was probably years later when it was like in syndication on like like Ryan was saying, Sci Fi Channel or wherever it. Um, was playing by the time I actually saw the movie, but I certainly remember the poster art and wanting to see it very badly. It's not one I managed to sneak by my parents. Every once in a while, I'd get that, you know, well, go to Joe's house or go to somebody's house and write something, but Darkman was not one I had the privilege of seeing until I saw the edited for cable cut of it, which in this movie probably didn't make a huge amount of difference. Um, No. (laughs) But, 
Yeah. So this may have actually been my first exposure to Sam Raimi as a filmmaker. Actually, no, I take that back. I saw Evil Dead way too young. Uh, that was when I actually saw it <laughs> as a kid. So um, I take that back. I did see Evil Dead prior to this one. But this is, yeah. So, you know, I actually remember this being marketed. Um, I remember this one like coming out in theaters and there being a bit of a buzz about it. I remember my dad and I sitting down to watch this a couple of times as soon as it came out on video. So, um, and actually, it's funny, and I, I'm going to name drop, though I, I don't know if the person wants me to name drop, but I'm going to anyway. Um, so I went to high school with, we, we, Eric and I, went to high school with Chris Bathgate, who yes. is uh, now an American uh, singer-songwriter, a kind of an indie folk singer-songwriter in the Ann Arbor uh, folk music scene. Uh, mm -hmm. We went to high school with him, and I actually, right after he moved to Pecatonica, where we grew up, he and I became friends, and we went trick-or-treating together as kids, and one year he actually went as Dark Man. Oh, nice. <laughs> and it was actually really, really fucking cool. <laughs> like, he had the fake teeth and wax stuff and painted the band and the bandages and all that. It was, nobody else knew who he was, but, because at that point, <laughs> right. I think the movie was a year or two old. But yeah, he went as Dark Man for Halloween, which was really cool. <laughs> yeah, and this but, thing wasn't exactly the huge phenomenon that Tim Burton's Batman had been the year before. Uh -huh. it, it, ha it certainly has a lot of similarities. But, but it, it um, is scored by the same guy. Yeah, Danny and I think Elfman. maybe yeah, Danny Elfman's music or score to this actually might help bring some of those similarities. But I feel like they're very similar films in a lot of ways, and that also that Tim Burton and Sam Raimi are both such stylistic filmmakers. They both put their mark very heavily on on their work. So, um, and then Danny Elfman's music, of course, tying those two things together, and just kind of the general dark superhero um, vigilante kind of atmosphere of everything so well i want i wanted lot. to bring that up too about danny elfman i because he also did the spider-man films of sam raimi too didn't he correct i believe like, so yeah yeah because i just think sam raimi and uh danny elfman are just like perfect even even more so than uh than him and tim burton <laughs> um that yeah that's... i'm not sure tim burton's made a movie without danny elfman's music honestly but <laughs> yeah i think um, they both started around the same time yeah um, yeah but to give you a quick synopsis for those of you that haven't seen Dark Man or, or need the reminder, um, Dark Man is a 1990 American superhero thriller. Uh, it's based on a short story that Sam Raimi wrote, um, but essentially this, the film stars Liam Neeson as Peyton Westlake, a scientist who is brutally attacked, disfigured, and left for dead by a ruthless mobster. Uh, the character Robert Durant, played by Larry Drake, after his girlfriend and attorney Francis McDormand uh, runs afoul of a corrupt developer. After failed treatments to cure him of his burn injuries, Westlake develops superhuman abilities, which also has the unintended side effect of rendering him mentally unstable and borderline psychotic. Consumed with vengeance, he decides to hunt down the men responsible for his disfigurement. Um, yeah, and really, it's... It, so it's actually it's a it's kind of a noir film, right? It's got some. Uh, it's definitely not just dark man, but it's got a very dark atmosphere to it. Um, yeah. Well, in the costume, kind of the the long trench coat and yeah, um, you the know, fedora, hat, the fedora. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. What it I also certainly find... has a kind of noir aspect to it. Yeah. Uh, what What I also find really interesting about this is so this was Sam Raimi's first Hollywood film. Yep. So this uh, is coming he, right off of yeah. the success of Evil Dead. Two, I believe. Is yeah, that correct. And so it's through Universal. Um, Raimi did this as kind of his original story is kind of an homage to the 1930s horror films with the way that the the story's paced, and you can kind of feel that here. 
Uh, this actually has some aspects of like Invisible Man with clawed reins to oh, yeah. it and the, some the, other the, things. The look of Darkman um, in his bandages and totally bandaged hands and um, is certainly straight out of Invisible Man. It's also got a lot of really great mad scientist-y kind of... Um, I was going to say Frankenstein yeah. and yeah, a lot even of the, the mummy. Comes kind of the mummy in some way. I'd say the Wolfman. I see a lot of stuff from the Wolfman in this. Yeah, so I think he so, hit that on the head. His his like combination between like, oh, I want to do a superhero movie with kind of the flavor of you know a universal monster movie. Yeah, I, I I don't think you could have done it. Could have he could have done it any more perfectly to make those two things kind of come together in this movie. So what I think is uh, interesting is he um he he was trying to get the rights to the Shadow and Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He couldn't get them. Um. And so oh, he Batman created being his own. tied up, obviously, at Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. But the yeah. Shadow is actually owned by Universal. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. They were, they were supposedly stuck in pre-production hell on trying to get a Shadow movie made already at this point, which the the Shadow did end up being made a few years after Dark right. <laughs> but Right, 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 with uh, Alec Baldwin, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, so I, also uh, I was reading that... So Liam Neeson, right, he stars as uh, Dr. Peyton Westlake. Uh, but the originally Sam Raimi wanted to get Bruce Campbell to play the lead in this, um, but the the studio wanted somebody a little bit flashier, bigger, right at the yeah, time. More well known. Uh, yeah. And they also considered Gary Oldman and Bill Paxton. I'm not sure if either of them tested for it, but they they ended up going with Liam Neeson because of his range in the different types of characterization. Dark Man goes, he can go a little batshit at times, right? Um, <laughs> Yeah, and this so, was an yeah. early like starring role for Le- even Liam Neeson, I think. Uh, but, it yeah, was, I, it was, yeah. He made. I saw yeah. an interview with him where he made that comment. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it kind of hinted that, like, yeah, I need to get, I need to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I wonder if Gary Oldman they just couldn't get because I could see him being very good in this. Oh yeah, I, oh, I yeah. think that that well, list be good of people you just right? listed, I can see doing this. Every one of those actors, I can see doing this part. Bill Paxton might have been odd, but only in hindsight because he didn't really go on to be a leading man. Um, who knows? I mean, he might have been great in it. So Yeah, he only had a leading role in... Well, really, he never had a leading role, did he? he was yeah, always, he was like, always supporting. a great supporting actor. One of my favorites, but yeah, he's... Well, I don't know. Hardly Twister. Ever... Yeah, was like he that one Twister. movie and eventually, that he, like, he towards the in, but... end of his career, we had a couple of leading roles on uh, popular television shows, but... Yeah, yeah. Anyway. and he also... Oh God! What else was that? Uh, frail, frailty. He and Matthew McConaughey both kind of shared that bill. Yep. Yep. But so. but anyway, back to Darkman, right? So <laughs> uh, Frances McDormand too. So those of you not familiar with her name, you should be. But uh, think the Margie from Fargo. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's always the only way I, I can say that movie. With, by the way, or yeah, fortunately, um, I don't know. She's just yeah. so great in that. But, but Larry I forgot Drake, that she was in there. Actually, like when yeah. I rewatch this, I'm like, "Oh shit, it's her!" It's yeah. <laughs> I always have that reaction because I, I, for some reason, I like keep forgetting that she's in this because it's just not really. You're just like, like why are I you here? <laughs> like, I don't know. But she's, but she's perfectly good in this movie. Uh, perhaps a little wasted, but but not really. Actually, her character is pretty, pretty solid character in this. She's not a yeah. She's not really relegated to be uh, any sort of just regular damsel in distress. In fact, it's kind no. of her that pushes this whole, um, the whole plot forward. It's her that got in trouble it, with the, uh, yeah, you know, the mob. It's her fault that this all happened. Got Durant on her yeah. on her tail. So, well, um, and speaking Peyton of Durant, Westlake's Larry Drake, actually, you know, Larry Drake as Durant just steals every scene he's in. 
Oh yeah, um, Larry Drake's amazing in this movie, and honestly, he's perhaps the best thing about this movie. There's a lot of really great things about the first Dark Man movie, and the, but yeah, one I can of the tell most you that memorable... he is. Spoiler alert: he is the best thing of the sequels. That's... <laughs> yeah, I was I was about to go there, and then I decided, <laughs> oh wait, we're going to talk about the sequels. So yeah, but... <laughs> and you know, I, I want to take a moment too because Larry Drake is somebody that you know some people may not know the name, but they know the face, and he he actually just passed away in 2016. But mm-hmm. this guy had such an incredible career, um, you know, well, starring it, it, on TV roles. But I, I swear, the thing I always remember him best for is um, what was the the horror movie Doctor Giggles. Doctor Giggles um, in '92. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't think that's probably what most people remember him best from. But but no, he's 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 one of those guys. I think where you know he was he was a face. He was in, you know. He was he was always kind of the villain, but never in really really huge movies, you know. So, but he uh, he was really great. He's kind of up there with Dick Miller, you know, uh, yeah. or yeah. or Ted Raimi for that matter too, which does <laughs> yeah. have a uh, an appearance in this as well. Oh, Sam Raimi's favorite punching Sam, bag. Yeah, I yeah. Say, Sam Sam wouldn't uh, make a film and not have a you know a chance to beat the shit out of his brother, right, or make him do some of the worst. <laughs> so you know what what I thought was kind of cool too was. Um, the whole subplot with this, uh, where Westlake is trying to perfect this artificial skin, uh, but he's having a hard time getting it past the 99-minute barrier, so he can make artificial skin, which means when he's burned, he can you know wear masks of different people made out of a very realistic skin-like substance, but out in the sunlight, it only lasts for 99 minutes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's this great MacGuffin. Was... Yeah, I, I, one of the coolest things about this movie is giving it that kind of master of disguise, almost almost a little shred of Sherlock Holmes with the disguises and the um, kind of detective work he does by intimidating, or not intimidating, um, imitating people. Um, yeah, they show the whole process, like of yeah. like him going through the recordings and, and everything. I won, I did want to give one criticism. Uh, the movie's called Dark Man. He... he and it kind of feels like it's a play off of, oh, because these synthetic skins, they last forever in the dark, but, you know, don't come out at night. But the right. whole fucking movie, he's just out in the daylight. Yeah. Like, yeah. always. <laughs> like, oh, no, my face is melting. Yeah, no shit, dude. You know this. You're dark, man. Yeah, I, I feel like man. they did leave a little bit of that, like, to maybe to the imagination. Like, oh, oh he's fine at night. He fights crime and stuff. We don't necessarily need to see that. Like, I, I feel like the criticism is valid. I wish I w- could have seen a little bit more of him being a quote-unquote crime fighter, which they've been, they insinuate um, that he is, especially as we get into the sequels. But we never yeah. get to see a whole lot of that side of He's always, you know, on the... Well, yeah, that's that's something and... that's kind of funny about the even the the way the movie was, uh, you know, advertised too, because it, it even the poster was like, you know, crime has a new enemy, and it's like, it, it, yeah, but he's not a crime fighter. This is a revenge movie, which is fine, oh, yeah. Yeah, but he's yeah. not a crime. Like he's not I mean, really he, he a happens superhero. To be, you know, taking revenge against you know a group of criminals or gangsters but but yeah i i think it's it's much yeah. more of a revenge movie it's also a mad scientist movie it's yeah um, yeah it's all those and, things he was kind of you know uh aiming for and it is it's, it's it's a misunderstood kind of monster universal-esque monster film as well like yeah and i think but liam nielsen 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 thank you yep. i'm terrible tonight uh anyways ln you, you can call, call him, him quite ln Liam, Qui Gon Jinn. Liam, I, that's, Liam. that's it. 
That's it. It's Qui-Gon now. Qui-Gon, I think, did an amazing job at this movie. He was just because we mentioned the mental instability briefly. Mm-hmm. And Sam Raimi has a way of doing these like Lovecraftian style, like kind of weird scares. I would say. I say Lovecraftian close in terms of like, you know, you got terrifying, weird mood changes and psychosis. And yeah. it kind of shows it in the Evil Dead, um, and he definitely did a good job, I think, in this first Dark Man because he he actually directed and wrote this one. But uh, with Lean with L L N uh, Qui Gon here, uh, <laughs> and is just flipping out. They're in the carnival scene. Take the fucking oh, the bear. Carnivals. Take the fucking yeah. elephant. Oh, I God. wanted to talk about the carnival scene because it, it's it's one of my favorite scenes of the movie, but it's a scene in the movie that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. And it seems like Sam Raimi does this to himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, in almost every thumb? like big film that he uh, has been, has directed. And that's that like, he can't help himself, but go full Sam Raimi for a little bit and everything. Like, like let's think of, uh, you know, the dance sequence in Spider-Man three, for example. Yeah. But um, this is, this is definitely the, you know, this is, I'm going to go full Sam Raimi on this scene and the carnival scene is just great, but it doesn't really fit in the rest of the film stylistically because he does. He becomes a, it becomes the um, cabins, early cabin scene from Evil Dead 2. It's, it's got a lot of similarities to it when Ash is kind of lives in his mind at the beginning yeah. of that film. Um, I mean, you can, you could tie it in, I guess, where this is the first time he's really trying to go out and be a oh sure i mean near a life again is fine and, it's, and it's, it's, it's so disjoint i agree it really doesn't fit but maybe i don't know if this was intentional or not but it does kind of work but oh, once yeah, again, and it shows how disjointed it is once again i'm not necessarily complaining is, about it i enjoy it but yeah. yeah i want to say that once again the argument is you have 99 minutes to spend like on a date and you go out in the sunny carnival versus just going on a movie where you can spend <laughs> yeah. more time with her right. and less yeah. likely to like be provoked and actually break somebody's fingers but i do have to say that the the line he says has become something that's uttered just randomly around the house i want a pink elephant for my girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) that line just that and the scene when the lab blows up and you see him flying through the air we both crack up at that and it's i know it's not meant to be funny but it's just such a great visual it's it's just oh yeah it's it's tickling the the way his arms was kind of back behind him yeah yeah like he's been launched um, but overall, <laughs> yeah. overall, I, I feel like this one really held up well. It does. Oh yeah, it, this it's is fun. one I've watched, and I didn't mention this before when we were talking about this. But this is not one that like I saw years ago and haven't seen for a really long time. This is a movie I've watched many, many times. This may be the movie that we've done on this podcast that I've seen the most times. I've probably seen Dark Man, you know over 10 times in my life probably closer to 20 like it's it's actually one that i would consider to be among you know favorite films of mine uh especially in sam raimi's you know um filmography this is certainly one of my favorite of his films might be a second favorite right under the prior mentioned evil dead 2 but uh, yeah and uh, one of the things too i think that helps it hold up is the the story with the whole side story of him trying to perfect the skin right um that's something that we still haven't really gotten to today but mm-hmm. we're still working on it and it's it's made some huge advancements right in the in, the, in medical technology and 3d printing and stuff uh, and genetics there's have been a lot of advances of this scientifically but it's something we're we're not there yet like this so it's not like some sci-fi action movie 
from the early 90s or late 80s where we've surpassed that technology and that was supposed to be cutting edge. Mm-hmm. You know, that really dates movies. It's kind of like watching that terrible movie, The Lawnmower Man, about virtual reality. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we're a bit past that now. Um, yeah, that's one I know, haven't gone back or, to. So. Or seeing a brick <laughs> that's phone That's another in a forgotten movie, franchise. You, know. you heard it here. Yeah, it, yeah it we'll is. have to maybe. Yeah, It can stay forgotten. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this in this case, you know, that's... I think that actually kind of helped it too is that the the technological thing in it the whole technological MacGuffin is actually intriguing it is actually an interesting one it's not something that's kind of throw away it's it, they worked it into the plot so much that I think this is Every, a movie yeah. or a franchise I think that if they wanted to reboot it today it would probably do really well it wouldn't be well, hard to make this really good well yeah. what I read about the script is like uh, I think it was his brother Sam's brother is helped him with the script and his, and, his, and, the, and they try to be as scientifically accurate as I can not saying that this is even close to a scientifically accurate film but they try <laughs> to give that feel of like much different compared to like the sequels but um, they did they tried to do some research I almost got the feeling that the synthetic skin was organic like it wasn't even plastic because yeah. they had cells right. that broke down right so there's some really kind of cool if you're into the sciencey stuff right because this is yeah. also a science it's like a you're science a fiction action film yeah well mm-hmm. of course is so that, I'm, I'm, is that I how science cool. works joe that's how <laughs> science works we just put goo in things and like neat stuff comes out but yeah, there's always I mean, a catch and we also <laughs> leave <laughs> like <laughs> boiling acid like uncovered Right, right, you know, and like so yeah, it's 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 um, of course, yeah, that's how it works. Covered. It's not like gangsters are going to break in and dip your face into it. Right, yeah. There's always always a bubbling vat of acid in every <laughs> lab. Who doesn't need that? I will Though say this... he looked pretty good. Like yeah, what acid yeah. would have actually done to a person's great, face? Great effects, and I believe um, I know it was on the sequels. Did you guys note? It was it a KMB? Was did they do the effects on the first film as well i believe they did but um i don't know like, why i noted that on the sequels and not on the first one you'd think i would um have noticed well, that on the first but unfortunately anyway, the yeah DVD great, i great. Got didn't say anything so i wanted to know more about the makeup effects given Darkman himself looks like what would happen if skeletor in a walnut just had a kid but he looks fantastic <laughs> as a uh, walnutty uh skeletor that is by far my favorite description I could have thought of. I really just wanted to do that punchline. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> But that worked. It worked. I mean, yes, but, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed this one, um, revisiting this one. I think I, I watched it a couple years ago, um, you know, for fun. Yeah, and I, I actually I own would, this on Blu-ray and Shout Factory. You, you mentioned special features. If you really like Darkman, I, I would highly recommend trying to pick that up. Maybe used at this point because uh, some of those get expensive, but... Um, has a plethora of special features on this, including Liam Neeson interviews, which is supposedly rare that he talks about it. So he was huh. at least likes has enough fond memories of this to come back and talk about it on the on the Blu-ray. So, um, but yeah, I, that I saw it a few times, and uh, including I like this movie enough that that a giant movie nerd, but at the same time, you know, I have two little kids, so like time is 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 thin these days. But I used to back in the day when I bought a movie I really liked, like a blu-ray um like that i would watch it watch the movie once and i'd sit down and watch you know with the commentary track on and i think i did that with this one um still learned a little bit more about it i wish i you know my memory was good enough to 
I could tell you a lot of the uh, anecdotes and stuff that they brought with them to it, but um, I don't. But I'd like to watch it again. It's it's good. It's a good package. So just throwing the shout out to Shout Factory for making s- another great Blu-ray package of a great classic movie. So I still they were now sponsoring this episode. Yeah. I, I oh wish. god i hope so i i do <laughs> i do still occasionally put on bonus features and it's not because and the kids will sit through but not because they're interested but because they're like doing something else in the living room so i'll mm-hmm. be like all right let's sneak these on <laughs> and, and they just kind of ignore it every now and then they'll look up and be like oh neat and then you know but then again i think for a lot of more modern movies or the movies they're watching I don't think I'd have Darkman playing anyway, but around the kids, I don't know. It's not bad. It doesn't have like, yeah. I think for for an R-rated film like this doesn't have a whole lot of things that I would find extremely objectionable. I mean, there's some scary moments certainly. There's some but... cringe moments, yeah. Um, a lot of hand yeah. stuff. It's a lot of hand stuff, and it, that yeah. bothers me. I just don't want my <laughs> I don't want my five year old trying to, uh, you know figure like pretend to have a cigar cutter and walk around and like nip, 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 cut nip off the fingers. cat or That's something right. you know? yeah, yeah off, i mean yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about durant but didn't mention the yeah the finger chops but um also so we talked we did a whole show on you know early superhero movies and we were really talking about marvel films but this one is interesting because it sits in that like right before superhero movies really became a thing again and they became a thing in the 90s kind of died out in the early 2000s and then came back with a vengeance you know with iron man and everything that's followed but um what do you think like did this is this movie something that is has had influence on modern superhero fare is it something that stands up when set up next to it is i i think when it's when you stand up next to it it does I think it does stand. Um, you're not looking at a, a nice, you know, shiny MCU film. No. Right. But I think it does... Um, I think it's better than some of the DCEU stuff, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, well... I'll, I'll, I'll grumble that, but... Um, no, yeah, I think got, it... We got a Lovecraft reference and a DC reference in here. We're, we're good. Wow, we're doing good. My... No, I honestly, I do think it, it holds up with some of the other superhero movies of it's time i think it holds up with with i think it holds up with batman it does yeah you know i think it's an interesting um kind of sister film or companion film to batman uh they have a whole lot in common but they're different enough that like i feel like if you're gonna do a double feature it'd be a great like superhero 90s superhero double feature to do the burton batman and dark man yeah i think i would agree i would agree it's um, better than it's better than a lot of the kind of direct-to-video kind of stuff you know um there's there's i don't know i i I really still think this one i don't know whether it was influential unfortunately no um i I don't think it is i don't think it has been influential because it kind of is paying such an homage to so many other things anyway mm -hmm. but i kind of agree with that but also (laughs) spider-man yeah the sam raimi spider-man like I feel like because he for Sam himself because he did Dark Man, I think it allowed him to do an an actual comic book movie somewhere down the line. Like he wanted to do a comic book movie, like it was yeah. said, but he wasn't really given anything. So he's like, "Well, fuck you! I'll do my own. I'll make my own. Yeah, <laughs> make my yeah, own." And he did. Essentially, I think this probably is well. This and you know his his 
in between Darkman and Spider-Man, he did, you know, a plethora of other multi-genre films. Well, well, he also it, did the, didn't, isn't his studios in, uh, responsible for the Hercules and Xena yes. stuff, Renaissance? Yep, yep, yep. Like, he did mm-hmm. those. So that's what I think he was mainly doing, wasn't he, in the meantime? Yeah, he kind of cut his teeth on this. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think if it wasn't for Darkman, the way I the way I would see it being influential is not necessarily the content of the film, but if it wasn't for Darkman, I don't think you would have gotten the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I think you would have gotten Spider-Man of some sort. Which Spider-Man itself is what kind of helped kickstart the whole Marvel. I mean, it started with like Blade, but when you got these Spider-Man films, I'm like, we can have like main mainline Marvel people again, and so to answer that spider-man that was my damn answer and i'm good at it mm-hmm. i'm proud okay, I sorry I, I, i'm <laughs> following that i'm following that thread you know i think this I movie also it. did something nice that batman didn't do and batman's a great favorite film of mine as well the burton batman um but this one had a nice balance of like humor i mean it's very sam raimi like it's got a lot of slapstick well, in it and he's like, like per he does the perfect amount of like ridiculousness or camp like, I don't mm-hmm. want to call it camp, but he, he I mean, does over the top very well. A favorite moment of mine in this movie is in, in the first, actually, five minutes of the film, there is uh, one of the mobsters in Durant's gang is a guy who has a machine gun fake leg. Yeah. But in the scene when he pulls off the fake leg, if someone pulls off his leg and starts shooting, you know, all the bad, or the other bad guys, um, he, for the remainder of the gunfight, this guy's hopping around. Of hopping around. On his one yeah. leg. And I don't know, there's just so many silly, like, yeah, I mean, but it's it, it doesn't, like, the tone of the movie isn't a... F- is very unique i guess is where i'm going is because it has that perfect balance of humor and dark and you know superhero and universal monsters and all that stuff that um but it all works so well together i mean maybe sans the carnival scene i guess but i, I don't know i love the carnival scene too it just feels like a, a little bit different movie going on for a minute there but you know it's or, it's kind of fun. i just wanted to mention too that since we're, we've done some comparisons to batman um and and this isn't just praise for this, but also a bit of criticism on every portrayal of Batman on screen thus far is that Darkman is doing some legitimate detective work. Yeah, throughout this, and, <laughs> and we have never seen the world's greatest detective research. detect really yeah. that much. I, hey, I that's suppose why, su- that's why Batman the animated series from the '90s is the supreme depiction of Batman. By the way, but. Anyway. Yeah. It also, the, apparently, the new <laughs> one that they're making is going to go more into that. So my fingers are crossed for that. But in the meantime, Darkman holds that mantle. Well, he, he, he does. He, it's cool. He's doing detective work, and he's making synthetic faces, and he's learning uh, mimicry or, or or impressions. He's doing impressions. <laughs> like and he's, he's still he's, doing all this like science and trying to perfect his face technology and. He's and he has superhuman strength when he's mad, and yeah. and he's a cat owner. So I mean, he's yeah. got a lot of shit on his fucking big, plate. Big cat guy. He's a big oh, cat and he guy. and he has time to see his girlfriend. It's given it's only an hour and a half, but he he finds the time. He's, What's your you know excuse? what? He's very good at budgeting time. I mean, very. I, I don't think he sleeps. I, I should assign <laughs> Dark Man to my classes as like first week of the semester to be like, I want you to look at an example of time management. <laughs> am i gonna look like a weathering walnut yeah exactly. yeah you are absolutely you are so um if you guys had to break it down to a letter grade which you have to we always say if you had to we do because we do it every week um but what do you guys think dark man or does dark man fall on the scale 
Um, I would say for me, this is a B plus. It's not a perfect film. It, I know we've been praising it and haven't said anything about anything potentially wrong with it, but I mean, I, I yeah, <laughs> it, it had no, like, oh no, we were saying like the carnival scene seems no, a little odd. If that was supposed to be a scene where it's showing Peyton try to actually go out and, and like, can I live a life with this? And you no, know, it's it's disjointed, it's weird, it, the whole thing feels out of place, like he would probably feel if it was supposed to be intentionally off. It didn't, yeah, that wasn't clear. Um, so yeah, it does feel a little odd and it's hard to know why. Um, and yeah, some the, the makeup effects are generally pretty good. There's a few moments, like one part where he laughs and it's like a Skeletor laugh, but it's clearly not, you know, <laughs> you can, there's some scenes where you can That's see, you can, good ones. you yeah. can definitely tell in a few scenes, close up scenes of the makeup that those are fake teeth glued to his lips because there's yeah. a second set of teeth in his mouth. Um, yeah. But overall, I think the story's great. It, it one thing I try to gauge with these older movies, you know, when I when I personally rate them, is how would this, at least in part, how would this work if it were made today? And mm. I feel like this one would be. I think today this could be a, a good a good film, and I think it, or just as good of a film, and I think it would hold up, and I think it could get a, a new audience following uh, because the story's that good, the performances are good. So well, I I'll, a go, good B+. I'll go that much further and just say that I think it's still a good film that holds up, and I think I oh, would yeah. recommend people see this one. Like I'm, I mean, I don't think they need to remake it to make it um, hold up. It's what I, yeah, I think yeah. People no, 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 I don't either. That's just a way that I kind of think about it. Like yeah, this one, yeah. watch this one. The story is great. Ryan, what about you, Ryan. Okay, uh, well, I was going to lead off to that one as well. Whereas. Um, this movie, I would say, I don't know if it could be remade because I think it's beautifully, it's a beautiful movie when you see it when it was made. And I think that's what adds to it. Like you can forgive a lot of elements of it because of the decade, but but also represents one of the highlights of, of that time period, given it's the start of the 90s. But I mean, it's, it, it, that's how it felt for me, I think, growing up and like having seen this film. Uh, it is it, this individual first movie is just it, it. It's so fun. It is like every other Sam Raimi film. I feel like it's definitely one of those top ones. If you got to see his work, like this should be added to this. I I put it up there with Batman. Like it's mm-hmm. like when that comparison was made earlier. That's now playing a role in my in my grade here. Because uh, it's it it really is just that amount of like camp, fun, seriousness. The music is phenomenal. The 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 way that Sam Raimi captures scenes and and mania. The way he just like that insanity. He even like that whole scene where he shows uh, Darkman like losing his mind in that little like cinematic like through the burnt nerves and the laughing faces like you see that in Spider-Man during Spider-Man's transformation like like it's a it's just I give it actually an A minus I'm really I'm really I really enjoy this film so when we were going to do this franchise I was really happy to rewatch it because I haven't seen it in over a decade 
but well, it's I, one I, of those ones where I want to own it. I I want to own yeah. that movie on Blu-ray. I really do. I, I think I think I'm gonna have to like I don't know the more I, I forgot something that's gonna actually I'm not cheating here but bumping my grade up to an A minus and that's uh, that it does it does have Bruce Campbell in it. It it, it does, it does. Have Bruce Campbell in it. He gets it does. To, he gets the last. Uh, it is in the movie he, there so. he, he technically does, plays dark man he does play dark man <laughs> for about 10 seconds but yes he is in this very briefly but yeah I, I this this is one that i feel bad that i don't watch more often yeah well and if anyone is interested i do i do highly recommend that um shout factory blu-ray of D- the first dark man is is a great definitely worth investing in so if you're a fan of this um I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go right with you guys and say this is an A minus. This is kind of an all time favorite. Like you said, Joe, it's not a perfect, perfect movie, um, but it's 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 fun. It works on so many levels, and I feel like it's still to this day kind of a unique experience. Like it's got so many things kind of balled into it, but it all works and it doesn't distract from one from the other. And it's funny and it's um, you know, um, you know. I'm going to pull a joke here (laughs) and interrupt your your credit to say we can't compare it to a comic book movie because I think it's better to compare it as a universal monster movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's it owes just as much to that as it does to the world of like comic book superheroes. So, yeah. And now, Ryan, I also wanted to ask, because you had said at the top of the show that um, your first exposure to Darkman was the sequels on when they were on cable. Um, or, or network or something, but when did you first see the first one? It was around the same time. They were marathoning okay. those. Oh, but okay. I, I remember watching it at midnight. Like It was like during the summer, and I watched it at midnight, and I watched <laughs> the other ones like, oh, these ones are kind of fun, but when I watch that one, I'm like, yeah, no, I know, I now know the alpha. Like, yeah. I now know. And yeah. uh, that was one of my first Sam Raimi films, I can actually say. I didn't know it at the time. But that was definitely my first Sam Raimi. Yeah, well, I didn't say me, me neither. Like I saw Darkman, and um, I would never have in a million years at that age associated this with the Evil Dead movie, even though I had seen that earlier. <laughs> even though, like, uh, Evil yeah. Ash from from Army of Darkness looks just like Darkman. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. yeah, he does. Wow, fucking makeup. Point. I never realized that. There's a right. mashup. So yeah, yeah. So <laughs> once again, Bruce Campbell got to play Darkman. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, I can't really. I, I mean, when it comes to you know, if you if you've listened to this and you have not seen Dark Man, I can't really recommend it strongly enough. Like, <laughs> this is one that kind of falls out. I mean, you don't hear a lot of people talk about it anymore, so it kind of falls under the radar. But um, yeah, you should see this one if 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 you found your way to the Video Junkyard podcast, this one is certainly up your alley. So. It's Absolutely. definitely in the top pile in the junkyard. It's in the yep. gold. Yeah, this is and, more in the. I think it's perfect that it's a forgotten franchise show because it's really a forgotten gem more than anything that I would consider junk, right? So, yeah, true. However, and it wasn't it wasn't given the love afterwards by even its no. own creators. So and no. uh, and, so. On, and actually, uh, though next week on Junkyard, we're going to be talking about the Darkman sequels. Uh, so yes. we're going to continue our forgotten franchise with a part two. Uh, next week where we'll be talking about Darkman 2 and Darkman 3. So in the meantime, if you have any thoughts or memories of this film and any appreciation for it, or if you really despise it and want to tell us why, feel free to drop us a line. You can email us at videojunkerpodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also send us a tweet and tell us what you think at Video Junk Pod, which is our Twitter handle. You can also find us on Facebook under either Video Junk Air Podcast or the Video Junk Air Podcast group. We would love to hear from you. Yep, and coming up on the podcast, we have um, a lot of really interesting stuff coming up. Uh, we have, on our next series of shows, we're going to do a three-part, which is rare for the Video Junkyard podcast, on pint-sized cannibalistic monsters. We're going to do the Critters movie, Ghoulies and Munchies, coming up. And also, following that, um, a couple of kind of forgotten 80s gems with a question mark. Uh, we're going to look at the... Uh, movie Space Camp, followed by the movie Real Genius. So uh, a couple of those in out of the five I just mentioned are actually recommendations made by listeners. So if you're the I, one that recommended those to us, thank you very much. And we I, um, added some of our own recommendations to that. Sorry, Ryan. Let's go I was ahead. just going to say, are they gems or are they like rear end rhinestones? Yeah, I mean they may be. I tried to I tried to emphasize the question mark there, the little Jeff I know. Goldblum. Uh, I just like... had a I had a punchline <laughs> opportunity and I had to rudely interrupt you. I'm, I, yes. I'm young. I can still do that. You can. And then yeah. looking I'll just down, shake the... my fist and <laughs> <laughs> looking down the tracks even further. Uh, we're going to be looking at some uh, Stephen King, some <laughs> Wes Craven. Uh, we'll be doing a, a show at some point down the line on, or a couple of shows on other superhero films that are kind of like this one as far as the kind of noir-esque style so yeah. uh feel free to to tune in for those we'll be looking at john waters we'll even be looking at some of the Beastmaster movies uh barry linden and a number of others so make sure you t- keep tuning in and again feel free to drop us a line and tell us what you think we welcome any questions comments criticisms or witticisms as as we always say if you take the time to write it we take we will take the time to read it so we will feature your review on the show um hope to hear from you i want to thank ryan once again for joining us ryan's going to be back next week to talk about more dark man uh thank you again ryan for being on the show no no problem and uh otherwise i want to thank everybody for listening i'm joe peterson i'm eric o'branson and i'm ryan asking the question does Wes Craven, Craven, Raven? Sorry. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm Ryan Seiskel. Bye. Have a good evening. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.